0: a lot of traction on this stuff. Everybody wants a piece of Pete, man. It's unreal. Just the other day, I checked my email. Amazon is up in my inbox asking me if I will be the voice for a new fantasy text to voice automation service for their Alexa service. Of course I said yes. Check it out. I think you guys are going to love it. Alexa, talk to Peter Overzet.
1: This is Peter Overzet. Thanks for using Pete's Picks, the world's first ever fantasy automation service. Feel free to ask me anything about fantasy football that your heart desires. So, what do you want to know? Okay, cool. How many yards do you project Kyler Murray to rush for this year? Oh, geez. Um, I'm not much of a stats guy. I guess I'd say a lot any other questions you're not much of a stats guy i thought that was the whole point okay uh... who do you like better this year for season long david montgomery or miles sanders colonel harlan david sanders best known for founding fast food chicken restaurant chain kentucky fried chicken dude i said miles sanders not colonel sanders this is truly a worthless service Who is the best week one DFS value on the main slate? Mind if I ask you a question? Are you kidding me? Are you happy? Dude this is insane, I'm not having this conversation with a robot, I just wanted to talk fantasy. The problem is not suffering itself or oblivion itself, but the depraved meaningless of these things, the absolute inhuman nihilism of suffering. Did I seriously just pay $19 for a broken, film-grinding, nihilistic fantasy robot? Is that a question for me? Shut the hell up, Peter! What is going on, Roto Grinders? Dean here at steen seventy nine oh four. If you want to get all tactical, I mean it's five oh one on the East Coast, two oh one on the West Coast, four oh one Tennessee time. Which of course, but it's time for the flagship show here at Roto Grinders. It's called it's called Grinders Live. It's sponsored by Fantasy Draft, and joining today, it's a three man booth. Let's start off with the appetizer. Yesterday's news. It's a Pepsi. It's Pepsi Seven. What's going on, Pepsi?
0: Wow, that's awful nice, Adina. I appreciate the introduction. Uh, I'm doing well, thank you very much, but I, I guess I might as well hand it over to the man making his debut here, John.
2: Yeah, making my rookie debut. It's great to be for Roto-Grinders for
1: a few years now. I figured it was time to do a show, so here I am. Uh, tell the people, you know, if they're not aware of your existence, your Squirrel Patrol, they may know you from such things as uh, winning all sorts of GPPs. How many how many live finals are we at right now? Give us a humble brag. How many appearances?
2: 21 total seats, and my first one was just last year was the FanDuel uh, baseball final, which I won. So that was my first one ever. I took it down. Been 21 seats since then. Um, and so yeah, and I, I just handed the title over last uh, last week in San Diego.
1: So. Do they actually do that? Is that like the Masters with the jacket? You don't you actually hand it over?
2: <laughs> no, but they should. That would be fun. Uh, except for the one, except for the guy giving it away, which would have been me. So. <laughs>
1: I'm not going to name names and I'm not going to say who else amongst us has won a live final, but I'll just say two of the three of us have won live finals. Um, You know, that two out of three ain't bad. I mean, Pepsi, it's not, I don't want to make name names or embarrass anybody, but you know, that's, that's pretty solid. Correct. I would say so. Even meatloaf said it and uh, meatloaf can't be wrong. Well, (laughs) we're going to trigger the chat once again, as far as a whole meatloaf conversation. And they're going to start talking about food. It's going to be a, it's going to be a whole deal. We don't, we had time for some sort of shenanigans, I suppose, because it's an 11-game slate, not full out there. Uh, a really fun one, I, I think. Uh, and Squirrel Patrol, just, just a, I guess we'll call you John, right? Squirrel patrol's not – and I keep thinking of that Snow Patrol. I don't <laughs> Paw Patrol. Like. Paw Patrol.
2: Yeah, I get so much Paw Patrol right now. I've got a
1: three-year-old, so it's just constant Paw Patrol. <laughs> What, how does Pepsi know Paw Patrol? Uh, what, what is the, uh, what's the origin? Get people the, uh, you know, we all have a terrible screen name. Well, Pepsi's okay, I suppose. Do we have an interesting story or anecdote here as far as why we went with Squirrel Patrol? No, it's
2: just a, it was a nickname that my wife called our dogs. We got two big dogs and they're just constantly chasing after squirrels. And so they would misbehave <laughs> and she'd be like, all right, Squirrel Patrol, calm down. So I was signing up, you know. Signing up for uh, DFS sites and never thought it would be big. Never thought anyone would ever know that you know the nickname. Went with Squirrel Patrol, and years later, here here we are.
1: It works. I like it. Um, and I think we all kind of regret our screen names. Mine's from like my college email or something like that. It's not terribly catchy, obviously, uh, but it is precise as far. Yeah, seventy eight nine oh three was taken. Of course, that's what happened there. Um, all right, eleven games slate, John. Let's start with you. And you play mostly, predominantly tournaments. Did you play cash games at all, or just basically all GPPs? pretty much just gpps i mean i you know i always try to
2: get into cash games never works out as well as the tournaments for me so
1: yeah so how are you attacking this slate? of course we have cores uh you know we got scherzer and cole at the top as far as the elite pitchers and you know taking a peek at our ownership projections obviously they get more and more precise the closer and closer we get to lock and you know, I, I I feel like the ownership is going to fall back a little bit on Scherzer. He's projected at 24%. Cole's projected at 23%. Again, not precise. There's tinkering going down. Jamino and his team are all over it. Um, we don't know. We're just kind of guessing as far as Scherzer and how many uh, how many innings. He's, I guess pitch count. Like, what he said so He threw 71 last time out. Traditionally, these guys step up like 15 pitches or so. But Scherzer's not your traditional pitcher. It, it's, it's hard enough to get the, you know, wrestle the ball out of uh, Scherzer's hands for sure. He doesn't want to come out of the game. How many pitches do we need? How much are we prioritizing? And for tournaments, how ambitious are you as far as grabbing Scherzer? Because the difference in price between Scherzer and Cole is not that much. So what do we yeah. do here?
2: So I mean, I'm I might exclude Scherzer almost entirely just because the pitch count is so uncertain. It's true. It's it's a great matchup, but yeah, we just don't know. And there's you know there's another there's other good pitchers out there, uh, and it's especially in the middle tier. Uh, there's a kind of a mix and match you can do of affordable pitchers. It'll get you the big bats that are in cores uh, and, you know, some of the other uh, expensive hitters out there. So,
1: Yeah, that's a, uh, you know, if, uh, if Cole wasn't pitching tonight though, we would be playing some Scherzer, right? I think we would. Most likely it's just tough. It's the uncertainty with the pitch count. But
2: I think if you're max entering 158, I'll have some Scherzer, but it'll be a fraction of my Cole and a, be a fraction of the other mid-tier pitchers that i'm looking at
1: pepsi what say you are you in agreement as far as his thought as far as max like of course he can go you know i suppose he can go seven innings throw 85 90 pitches and strike out 10 you know orioles who, you know Squirrel or they're terrible of course they're losing, their, they're losing their dh as well um but you know how many lineups do you have to make to consider max and again we're just speculating as far as the pitch count but i think 85 to 90 sounds reasonable and like he can get the job done what, what, what are we doing here yeah, I'm with
0: John. here. pretty much uh, fading him entirely. I think I'd have to be 50-plus, maybe more lineups in, and I'm obviously not playing that many in GPPs tonight to get to Mad Max today for the reasons we mentioned. You know, we don't know where the pitch count is. If Washington gets way up, it's possible he goes five innings and throws 83 pitches, you know. Uh, as you mentioned, he only threw 71 last time, so I- I'm thinking 85 is probably where he's going to end up. Well, if he's, obviously, he's in the middle of the inning. He could go a little further than that, but uh, – you know, you're, you're almost paying full price for a guy that doesn't have a full leash right now, and I'm just not interested. I would much rather go up to a guy like Cole if I'm going to pay that price and uh, and get me a guy who we know should go seven and strike out 10. Of course, Scherzer could do it if everything falls into place, but that's that's hard to do, seven innings, 10 Ks when you're throwing 80-some pitches, so it's more than likely we see him go five or six innings and the, and the Nationals play it safe with him.
1: Yeah, and there was a blurb from uh from Roto World. This is like uh, four or five days ago, or so somebody was talking about a quote where he he said he's not totally out of the weeds. I don't know if you saw that quote or caught that quote. I think it's even on DK as well as far as their player profiles. Um, I don't know. Maybe he's out of the weeds now. And uh, Cards actually mentioned this in his article tonight. He was talking about how Washington they're, they're three games up right now currently in the wild card as far as the first wild card. So I guess uh, they're five games up on the wild card on uh, on Philly, six games up on the Mets. Like maybe John, maybe they they should be thinking long game and, and it's not necessary to push him. and of course they're facing Baltimore and the score could be six nothing in the sixth inning and like why keep him out there I don't know uh lots of things can happen here but let, let's let if you, you know, want to give any thoughts on that but you know spoiler alert uh, we got an Astro pitcher once again well positioned to get a pile of strikeouts It's Garrett Cole uh he's facing Tampa you want to see Zanito in there Zanito cracked the lineup that feels like two or three K's on layaway of course he's batting ninth but with the you know Cole, he's going to make it through that lineup probably three times or close to, if not more. Uh, how much are we prioritizing Cole there, John?
2: Not that much, honestly. I think I'm more interested in the middle tier, just because I like the the expensive bats in the slate. I mean, I think I think Cole, from a, a raw points you know, projection, is probably the top pitcher on the slate. But then you've got you know Noah Syndergaard uh, right below him. You know you've got Odorizzi, uh, Uder- you've got uh, Disclafany so, um, you know, I'm more interested maybe in that middle tier. and There's, there's a, a pretty good chunk of savings uh, down from Cole to those pitchers.
1: So a couple of things. Um, you, you wrote how you're going to joke and kind of butcher some names. I don't want to call you out, but we got to haze you a little bit. Uh, and this is the guy you asked me. You said, uh, because I, we talked about Disco Stew, you're like, who's Disco Stew? Disco Fani is Disco Stew, man. That's the guy we're going to – well, we'll hit the lock button on him. At least I'm going to hit the lock button on him, I'm taking a stand. So that we'll, – we'll get to in a second. He's facing the Marlins Spoiler alert. He's probably going to be popular, too. Second thing I want to mention, we have Grant Nefer in the chat. He just says, Squirrel Patrol, give Dean the business. I don't know what he means by by that, but I have a, I have a question because it's my understanding. Uh, you've won so many live final seats. Like, you had so many plus ones last time out. Somehow Grant got on the list. Grant was one of your plus ones. You like Grant?
2: He did. So, yeah, I actually had a buddy. This is a, ter- a terrible story. But a buddy of mine that was supposed to come out to San Diego, got the dates wrong, and flew out the weekend before the weekend i was in chicago for the DraftKings live final he my buddy actually flew out to san diego so with a week's notice i had a a plus one so yeah i reached out to grant yeah i wanted to see that beer chugging in person and it is it is as impressive live as it is on the air
1: let's let's be honest he was like the 14th or 15th person you asked he's all right screw it i guess i'll ask grant at some you know he's he was at the top of the list Can't we take some shots at him? Give him the business, not me the business. Pepsi. Uh, what are we doing here as far as coal? Obviously, eight and a half total as far as the K prop, highest, highest K prop on the slate. Sure, doesn't have one for what it's worth because we don't really know, and that there's no official K prop as of right now. Uh, it's about raw points potentially, and, and uh, you know John's right. It's a great slate for bats too, and there's some push and pull, uh, and the mid tier is pretty interesting. Uh, how much are you prioritizing coal? Because I'm I'm a little bit conflicted, and I, I get both sides of it. Is Pepsi still with us? (laughs) Pepsi had technical issues last time, and he's having technical issues once again. So, uh, well, there you go. Good job. Hopefully, Pepsi will be back. Unfortunately, no longer with us uh, as of right now. We're going to power through, John. Uh, Up next is Syndergaard. Is Syndergaard one of those guys that's an SP2? Is he somebody you're going to skip? Now, uh, he's got one of the best umpires in all of baseball for, uh, for calling balls and strikes. He's got Doug Eddings behind the plate for him, so extreme pitcher's umpire. Uh for what it's worth, I think he's one of the only extremes as far as positive today. You know, let's take a peek as far as the lineup HQ. Uh Syndergaard and Hendricks, they have an extreme pitchers umpire. There's some extreme hitters umpires that are lurking for Sabali, Yarborough, uh Cole, Haruto, and Sandoval, as well as Jordan Zimmerman. Uh, first of all, how much do you care about stuff like that? Is that is that a thing you factor in a lot, a little? Not at all?
2: I don't look at the umpire data that much, just because I, I look at the Vegas line data a lot and I figured that's captured I think there's you know probably smarter people than me that know the umpires that are betting that that total up and down um and I you know I look at the Vegas K prop as well and and you know looking at Syndergaard you know that that K prop is almost right up there with Cole but the, the you know the savings are significant so that's why I'm probably uh you know leaning towards Syndergaard as a higher owned pitcher than Cole
1: yeah, so Cindergard, like the name suggests, he's a bigger strikeout pitcher than he actually is. Like twenty three point eight percent is nothing special. It's fine. It's good. It's not like an elite pitcher. Obviously, uh, I mean, he's actually behind Oderisi on the on the season. He's be- he's behind Wojbom in the season. He's behind uh, Maeda as well. If you're gonna kind of just kind of compare him against guys guys in the slate, have you seen the Cubbies lineup? There's no Rizzo in there. It looks uh doesn't look very good.
2: Yeah, I mean so that's you know that's a bonus for for Syndergaard if Rizzo's sitting. Um so yeah, I mean you know Mets are favored in that game I believe so you know yeah it's uh, you know you've got a, a fairly affordable pitcher relative to Scherzer and Cole who is a favorite and you know with a pretty good strikeout total or a strikeout prop even if his uh you know K percentage on the season is lagging a little bit behind his previous years
1: uh good hitters collectively as far as iso as far as WOBA, be fire up you know the old plate iq uh the k's are okay there's some strikeouts there castellano's 23 percent of the time bryant 22 Baez, a 27 um and also one of the big things Achilles heels for uh for, for Syndergaard is like he gets stolen on and the Chicago team not a lot of wheels right so that's got to be a plus team as well right swipe a bag on him I suppose like maybe Hayward or something like that maybe a bias but you know it's not it's like the Royals the top of the lineup or something like that all right, anything else as far as uh, Syndergaard or shall we move on and talk about the, the mid-tier, which it sounds like you're going to be living there so, to some degree. Uh, Odorizzi versus the White Sox. What are we doing with him?
2: Yeah, so I mean, I think this is one of the biggest questions on the slate because I think uh, Disclefany, is that it? Disco Stu, or you can say Disclefany. Uh, Disclefany. So, yeah, so I think he's, you know, I think he's going to be one of the most popular pitchers on the slate just because of that Marlins matchup. Uh, you know, he's there's some safety there you just can't see the Marlins racking up the runs. Uh, so, you know, and he's he's a decent strikeout pitcher, and he's got an affordable price. But he's also kind of packed in there with a bunch of other pitchers, uh, Fulty and uh, Maeda. You know, Maeda's got the matchup against San Diego, and that's a pretty high strikeout team. Uh, but then again, you never know how long of a leash he's going to get either. So I think the, the decision point that you're making there among those pitchers, especially on the, the two-pitcher sites, uh, you know, that's going to, that could make or break your night.
1: All right. Ross weather edge. This does change as well, but I kind of took a peek at this and kind of see if anything sort of jumps out Uh 64 game sample size, John, 64 games, as far as similar weather uh, in Chicago, Uh 35% bump in home runs we've seen 26% bump in runs and a 25% bump in ERA. That's, I mean, that's uh, pretty influential is it not? And the wind looks like it's blowing straight out the center. How much do we care about that? Because here's the key. None of that matters if you don't hit the baseball and the White Sox don't hit the baseball. So, you know, uh, and when you look at their lineup today, it's loaded But you know, spoiler alert, once again, with a bunch of dudes that strike out a ton. So how much do we care about that? So, yeah, I mean,
2: I, I factor the weather in, in a pretty uh, good deal. I and mean, so, yeah, maybe that drops udarizzi down a little bit uh, relative to the other guys in that mid tier, just because if the weather is, is, is popping, I mean, you get hit, the White Sox have some power hitters, so yeah, that that would be a concern.
1: Yeah, I mean the White Sox power hitters—you got a Abreu with a, a pretty good pop there. As far as ISO, two ten this season. moncada at two seventy four. Uh, of course, those guys strike out plenty, and collectively, looking at what twenty five point nine percent at the top. You got Goings in second. I see Big T in the chat. Goings is one of his players. I don't know how. Maybe Goings like rescued his cat or something like that. I have no idea what the story is, but. Who likes Ryan? I mean, I'm sure he's a nice guy.
2: Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure he's very pleasurable in person. But uh yeah, I think that's probably actually an edge for Oda Rizzi.
1: Yeah, uh Skull is in there at 31%. Yeah, Beef Castillo at 29%. Uh it's it's a terrible lineup. Like it's always a terrible lineup, but it looks pretty uh, uh specifically terrible as far as K's once again today. And Oda Rizzi pretty positive from a K perspective, 25% on the season. So uh, he's gotta definitely be in your MME mix. Uh Hendricks, Hendricks is just I don't know, man. I, the Mets are perfectly fine. I don't need to pick on the Mets. And Hendricks is like, never really has that ceiling. I prefer the guys around him uh, yeah, more
2: so. He, he tends to be a guy I skip over a lot just because the strikeout potential is not there. And, and you know, tonight he's an underdog. Um, so, I mean, it's, you know, it's a good pitcher's park. But, um, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm not going to go there probably.
1: Yeah, we got to send out a Bolo uh, on Pepsi. I might want to show where reason after talking about him in the chat. I guess, uh, yeah, he was talking about some internet issues pre-show. Something's going down outside of his house. They're working on some wiring. So, uh, well, he may or may not be back with us. Either way, we're going to power through nonetheless. Um, all right, Yarborough versus Houston. We're just throwing that out, right? That's what – I mean, I suppose you can. Can you make an argument? I can't.
2: Yeah, I'm not really going there. Um, just, you know, I'm a I'm, I'm tournament guy, so I'm looking for high strikeout pitchers. And, yeah, I'm just not seeing it with with uh, Yarborough. Um
1: yeah, is that sort of a, a ditto when it comes to Tanner Roark? Yeah. Think- so Roark, I mean, I re- I remember a Tanner Roark, you know, 18K game from a couple of
2: years ago, <laughs> but you know, it's it's few and far between. So, um, you know, I mean, he can he can ratchet up the K's, but um, I mean, that is a it's a weak Kansas City lineup. But
1: he had an 18, he had an 18 strikeout game a couple of years ago.
2: Did it was with the Nationals. Um, yes, yeah, I remember because it was so noteworthy because it just came out of nowhere. Um, but yeah he usually does not do that so
1: were you on him that night you remember
2: was i playing yeah um, did i play him i don't think so i think it might have been a day game
1: oh it's the worst yeah yeah must have been against a slew of righties maybe the marlins probably most likely the marlins that's the chalk um erod in colorado it's not a great lineup on the back half it's pretty bad but like it's course yeah, I mean,
2: you know, in tournaments, I don't think it's a terrible play just because, he, you know, he does have some strikeout upside. It just – it's tough with with Arenado and Story. I mean, those are going to be two tough hitters for him to get out, and that's a, that's a tough ballpark. So.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess the argument is if he gets beyond those guys uh, and also, like, I, I suspect they're a pretty heavy favorite too. You get those four points on layaway, which, you know, you don't necessarily need those four points, but you'll take them. You'll take that W for sure. Uh, working our way down. We got Maeda ahead of Disco. We'll talk about him in a second, but talking about Maeda against San Diego, of course, you know, nice ballpark and uh, there are plenty of K's in that San Diego lineup. Not so much these days, you know, uh, and Tatis is out, which certainly hurts the overall run expectation, but you know, also their potential for striking out is a little bit less too. Uh, how do we feel about Maeda? I think he's like, Maeda Disco lineups look really nice. That's that sounds like where you might be living.
2: That's yeah, that's exactly what it is. And you know, yeah, so I actually, I kind of like Maeda as a, a pivot off of Disco Sus Disco 2, uh just because, you know, they're uh is only 200 more on uh, on fantasy draft. So they're about the same price. But what I really like is the idea of combining the two of them. You've got, you know, two two decent pitchers with two plus matchups, and then you've got plenty of salary for your bats.
1: Yeah, we don't line up just yet for San Diego, I presume, right? I don't think so. Um but the projected lineup we're looking at what 23 point five percent as far as K's you know, Greg Garcia is projected to lead off. Baylor as well. You know, they do have some more lefties these days, with like Garcia and Daylor. uh, you know, Hosmer out there. He's got a big paycheck, but he's not particularly imposing these days. Uh, Renfro, a lot of power, but also the potential to strike out a good bit too at 33%. Uh, you know, and Maeda feels like a guy that, you know, he's safe, right? And I know you don't play for safe in tournaments, but he's like going to get to those 15 to 20, potentially 25 points in tournaments, kind of opening things up where you have both, a quality arm and room to roster a bunch of bats, which, you know, we'll talk about cores in a second, you know, Minnesota, uh, not that you necessarily need it against Detwire in that ballpark with those boppers, but we talked about the weather, you know, bumping those bats up to some degree. Uh, We'll talk about bats in a second, obviously, but let's talk about Disco, Discofani. uh, My favorite play tonight, no shocker. Uh, Love picking on those Marlins. Um, And I I love, the. do you hear people say the Marlins are sneaky every once in a while? Do you ever hear people say that? I mean, I could
2: see it maybe in a you know if they're on the road in a, a hitter's ballpark because no one's going to play them, you yeah. Know, so in tournaments, sure, if you want to stick it, you know, a lineup or two in, you know, some kind of Marlin stack. But I mean, it is a it is not a good lineup, and and they're not on the road tonight. They've got one of the lowest uh, applied run totals on the board, I think. Um, so yeah, that's why uh, Disco is getting so much attention, I think.
1: Yeah, and the other part is, you know, what do you want with Disco? You want a bunch of a bunch of righties, right? So we're seeing, what, two lefties in this lineup here as far as Walker and Diaz. Uh, you look at his splits this season. Uh, Discofati against righties, 26% strikeouts. Isolated power, 147. Woba, 272. All really solid. 3.4% as far as walks. That's awesome. Subdued fly balls, 29.6%. The ballpark's cavernous as well. So the likelihood of anybody banging one out on him is not very good. So, unless he gets like some goofy Babbitt. also, I know you love re- you got to love yourself some revenge games, right? Who doesn't love a good old fashioned revenge game? It doesn't really mean anything in baseball, I don't think. But yeah. You know. Is he a former Marlon? Yeah. Yeah. Back to back revenge games, by the way. Luis Castillo was a former Marlon. So, Mar- Marlon's policy is they trade away anybody good. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> there you go. But then they, and they collect back uh, the Lewis Brinsons of the world. Yes, he's in the lineup. We like seeing that at 32% as far as his case. Um, was he traded for Brinson or? Brinson was traded for Yelich. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it was balanced out. Don't worry, because Yamaboto was in the trade as well, too.
2: Okay. So it
1: was totally fair.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, I'm trying to remember the, the disco trade. It's fuzzy to me. I don't recall. It was like four years ago or something like that. Three or four. About the same time Roark had his uh, 18 strikeouts. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Probably the same day. <laughs> so, like... I'm probably going to lock button this. I'm taking a stand. People give me a hard time. Say I don't take a stand on things. I think I'm going to lock button on two pitcher sites. Like I I just don't see this going wrong. So, you
2: know, that's the possibility. You're talking about the uh, disco stew and, um, and Maeda combination.
1: Well, no, just a disco. And then I'm going to have like different parts. I'm going to, I'm going to combine it with other people, but like certainly Maeda probably some, uh, well, definitely some coal as well. You know, uh, and a couple other things as well. Those are my three main pitchers as far as two-pitcher sites. I'll I think the bottom
2: stinks. uh Fulty, uh, you know, going for the Braves against Toronto. I mean, I think he's right in that same price range. And yeah. so, you know, you could have a situation. I like all three of those guys all around the same price uh, on the two-pitcher sites. So I- I'll probably have some uh, disco stew-free lineups that have maybe a Maeda Fulty and it's about the same same amount of salary
1: yeah I mean and I totally get it like absolutely things can implode in his face like stuff can happen he can get ejected like Verlander yesterday did you see that um ump uh, as far as Verlander that was nonsense
2: I didn't I didn't see it but uh yeah I read about it uh this morning so
1: yeah I mean you know he caught the corner and the, the umpire didn't call it which whatever that's fine I suppose the next guy and the, the next pitch the guy doubled the center field I love Verlander's like fight because the score's like nine nothing and he's still like barking and cursing at the umpire it was great he still got, got the win. To...
2: what's that Still got the win, which is what's important for us DFS players.
1: Hey, he didn't get the QS though, which you need on Fandle. Ah, uh, okay. I didn't realize that cost him that. He was two outs from the QS. Yeah. But Verlander cares about your fantasy team. I like guys that care about your fantasy team. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah. And as far as that matchup for Folty, like we know that Toronto team is certainly better with the addition of all the guys they've called up throughout the season with Pachette and Biggio and Guerrero, but they strike out a ton. There's a lot of Ks there. Uh, you want to see Teoscar in there, Teoscar's in there, he's got power for sure, but when he's not hitting it, you know, uh, you know, 500 feet or whatever, he's striking out a good bit at 33%, uh, 25.5% collectively, as far as the K's though, that's the tricky part, like Folty, his K's haven't really been there this year, he's certainly fallen back this season as opposed to last season, the splits, 19, 4 point, 19% versus lefties, 22.5 versus righties, um, you know, a few too many fly balls, not enough ground balls, but um, you know, I, I definitely see the upside. There's certainly a path.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think he's pitched better recently. Uh, you know, I, th- I think he was coming out. Uh, he spent some time in the minors. Seems to have done been doing a lot better since he came back up to the big leagues uh, in August. So, um, and you know, the strikeout potential's always been there with him. And uh, you know, I think there's some strikeouts to be had in that Blue Jays lineup. So it's a it's a concern. It's it's just a potential pivot uh, at the same price range off of the you know those two pitchers. That I think will be more popular.
1: We got Ross update as far as the weather, nothing too crazy. As far as I can tell the, yeah, yellow is the scariest color we have. Everything else is green, yellow, we're good to go. Roth of course will be on crunch time later. Uh, 615 on the East coast, all the way up the lock. Uh, he'll, you know, he'll give you the most up-to-date update as far as what's going down weather-wise. Uh, let's see, let's work our way down because I think it gets ugly really fast. So like Judas and Wagaspec. uh, I, I, I see, I saw, like, I think it was big T talking about Contra in the. uh, you know in the chat which he's playable sure and then there's Savali who's been good the surface numbers are great when you dig in you could tell I don't want to say fraudulent but you can certainly say he's been luck, uh, lucky he hasn't given a homer just yet the Sierra is like what four or five or so of the year's ERA is less than two uh, but also he gets to face a terrible Detroit team so yeah. so like okay regression in theory is coming but maybe it's not coming today what are we doing with Savali so I mean he's a guy that's got
2: a pretty big price difference across sites uh so you know on the single pitcher sites FanDuel I'm I'm not sure that I like him at that price but you know you you know with the matchup against the Tigers I mean I I think he's priced down a little bit from that mid-tier that we were talking about you know saves you about a a thousand in salary or a couple thousand in salary uh so I think then you know he's someone you've got to consider then you know that Tigers lineup is just not good. yeah you know, especially at this point in the season so um you know yeah it's it's something it's to consider. It's consider because
1: uh, no, there's no Miguel Cabrera which I know this is not like you know you're Marlon fan of like you know that's not the Miguel Cabrera of like 15 years ago but yeah you know, it's the, of the,
2: the fact that that's the intimidating guy in the lineup and, you know oh you know Cabrera's out i mean <laughs> Reyes Beckham Castro Dowell, Lugo is hitting fifth i mean i don't know <laughs>
1: it's it's awful uh you know Jordy Mercer as well Hicks it's it's a bad bad lineup and not only are they bad uh you know they, they don't uh, they're not patient at all outside of Dimitri in a small sample they have 5.6 percent as far as walking striking out 26.8 percent of the time the collective WOBA is 300 uh, there is a little bit of power in this team for what it's worth we did see if give up a homer just yet maybe gives him a solo job no big deal but um it's just a really, really bad collection of players. And that's who it was. Man Mangone and Chat all over it. Uh, Disco was traded for – this will date this the story. He was traded for Matt Latos. Yeah, remember him?
2: Okay, yeah, vaguely.
1: Yeah, Matt – and, like, he instantly lost his fastball. He was throwing, like, 80, 80, an hour fastballs. And Latos was – once upon a time, he was a good pitcher for the Padres. Uh, and then he was terrible for the Marlins. I think he was bad for the Dodgers for a bit, too. Yeah, all right. Good for uh, – you know. Good job, Marlins. <laughs> Between those oh.
2: revenue sharing dollars.
1: <laughs> hey, they're making money. The front right. office, they, that's all they care about, uh, Okay, I suppose. Uh, are you on, speaking of Marlins, any interest? Like you want a pinch of Alcantara? Is he in the mix for you?
2: Sorry. Sin? Oh, um, you know, not tonight. I mean, I just, um, yeah, it's, it, they're probably not going to get the win. Um, you know, the the Reds lineup, just, you know, they been calling up a couple of hitters uh van meter and aquino um, you know and they still got uh suarez nick sensel i mean that's yeah it's, i'm not gonna go there even tournaments i don't think
1: yeah i mean sensel's been scuffling for sure he's obviously a big big time prospect the, the talent's supposed to be there uh we know about aquino's uh, ridiculous power uh, you know it doesn't matter what ball he's he in when he when he gets a hold of it, it it's gone yellowstone uh, you know it's in the wherever i don't know what They name a ballpark that's big. Marlins Park.
2: They're so
1: bad they can't get a sponsor, by the way. (laughs) For real. That was the thing. And at some point, they just just stopped trying because they started to feel embarrassed. Um, So, like, what about the muck? What about Wojbaum? What about Zimmerman, Detweiler, Lambert, Gerardo? Uh, The nonsense that San Diego is going to throw out there. I think San Diego is basically like a bullpen game as far as I can read. I okay. hope
2: so yeah and that that gives me some interest in the dodgers, but we'll we'll probably get there later yeah i'm I'm really not going to go too too cheap tonight um you know if if I was it would probably be uh Wood but i still it's just I can't see the uh the Orioles you know doing well two nights in a row so <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah last night i had a it was good good job in the pitching, but last night i i loaded up i was overweight on both uh Atlanta and Washington. So my night was over pretty quickly. It didn't go well. I
2: mean, it looked it looked promising
1: before the game started. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> I got my money's worth. Um, you know, it's it was a process over results, right? Is that what they say? Well, yeah. it was a hey, and when you win you say skill game. I nailed it. I called it. I think right. that's how it works. I don't know. That's how it works in the tout life at least.
2: Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, yeah. Atlanta and, and Washington looked good last night. Yeah. Again, until, until the game started, but I mean, so I, that gives me some pause, you know, looking at uh, any Orioles pitcher, uh, you know, going, I, I, I can't see them shutting down the nationals too nice in a row. So.
1: I do agree with you. Like if you're going to force me to pick somebody, uh, you know, woes down, it's woes, I suppose. Um, and it feels for me, it's I've narrowed down my pitching pool pretty clearly uh, taking a stand you know uh, on disco going to play some disco combinations along with cole uh which i think there's some cheapies out there that kind of kind of make that work not too hard you can get you know a punt or two and all of a sudden you have some decent bats as well and then we talk about living a, you know going double middle as far as disco and Maeda as well uh summarize the pictures what's your general thought here
2: so i, I it's all about the mid tier for me i mean i think I'll, I'll certainly if i'm max entering which i have been known to do i'll I'll certainly have some cole and maybe a Scherzer or or two uh but you know it's for me, it's probably starting at, at Syndergaard, uh, and then, you know, I like that that mid-tier, Odorizzi, uh, you know, uh, Disco Stew. You know, FanDuel does have a, a Patrick Sandoval misprice, um, so I think that's a consideration on the single pitcher site, uh, especially if you really want to load up on bats. Um, but, yeah, tonight for me, it's, yeah, it's all about the mid-tier.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting one. I don't mean to neglect Sandoval, and I agree. He's like, what, five and change over there? And this Texas lineup is absolutely horrific against lefties, and they're going to be worse going forward because they lost Pence. Hunter Pence is on the IL. Um, their lineup's not out just yet, as far as I can see. But it's going to be terrible.
2: Yeah, and, and Heaney terrible. absolutely mowed them down last night. Um, and I, I was watching that game. I, you know, I had a sweat going on. I was rooting against Heaney, and uh, it, was, it was terrible because they just could not make contact. Uh, and, and I don't know if Patrick Sandoval is quite that good, but it's still it's it's a concern that the lineup just cannot hit lefties. I just can't even make contact.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's the worst when you're tilting. You're, you're, you're kind you're trying to fade a pitcher. It's like just give up pop outs or just hit yeah. the ball
2: somewhere. Yeah, just yeah, ground out. That's all I'm asking for.
1: <laughs> yeah, at least he didn't get the win last night, but he obviously put up a big score for sure. All right, uh, bats. Before we break it down position by position, uh, tell me. Maybe a one hitter or two, or maybe a team that you're kind of focusing on as far as the slate.
2: So it's tough to get away from Boston. Um, I know they're, they're, you know, that's the first place everyone's going to look just because it's Coors Field. Uh, they've got the highest implied run total on the night, but they don't show up the highest implied run total. I think it's by about a run and a half over uh, Minnesota, uh, Colorado, and the Nationals. So uh, I really like Boston tonight. You know, they're facing. Uh, you know a young right-handed pitcher that just hasn't shown that he belongs in the majors and he's got a pitching course field Uh, so and
1: sucks lineup is imposing as it is all right position by position obviously catchers you don't have to play catchers in the sponsor fantasy draft some sites kind of sort of force you to do it so we got to talk about them here Uh, do you have a general philosophy as far as catcher like you just are you firing out max dassey there every single night and saying screw it uh, yeah, you- I
2: mean, so he's the he's the you know mid-priced guy. Um, you know, if you if you have to play a catcher, yeah. but uh, you know, often like a lot of guys, I'm just uh, I'm going with whatever stack I'm using. You know, I'm probably going to stick in the catcher, just figuring that there isn't a huge amount of differentiation on a lot of nights. So that if I really like an offense, you know, like tonight, I really like Boston. So you know, Vasquez is probably going to be my uh, highest owned catcher or one of them. Um, you know, the one guy that I think really separates himself tonight at the catcher position is Mitch Garver. Guy's uh, leading off. Uh, he's facing a lefty in Detweiler. Detweiler, just his entire career, has not been able to get right-handed hitters out. Um, and so I actually I particularly like playing one-offs uh, from the leadoff position, especially uh, one-offs with power uh, and leadoff hitters with power. So uh, Mitch Garver is, is a guy I would look at uh, if I'm really going to go away from my stack at the catcher position.
1: Yeah, Mitch Garber, hard hit rate this season is uh, 54.7% versus lefties. Uh, his teammate, of course, Boomstick Nelly Cruz at 63.5%, which is insane. Uh, his isolated power is 379, which is a ridiculous number. <laughs> uh, and the sample's yeah. not huge. It's 104 at bats, but still, uh, I-, I like Garber a good bit too, and I I understand he's expensive, but I'm going to make sure I get him in, lo- in some lineups for sure. You kind of sort of have to. Give me, give me a pivot or two as far as uh, other catchers are maybe, like, the cheapest you'll go. Like, would you play a Stassi just to make everything else work? Sure. I'll, I'll Stassi, yeah. Uh, but,
2: say in a little bit of a middle price range, Kurt Suzuki uh, for the Nationals. I mean, I, I think, like I said, I, I can't imagine the Nationals getting shut down tw- two nights in a row. So, Suzuki's kind of hitting in the middle of that lineup in, in the sixth position, and he's giving you substantial savings off the of Garver.
1: So first base, uh, just like general lineup construction, again, like fans draft, you don't have to do this, but like on DK and fans, on on FanDuel, um, first base kind of stinks. Like it, to me, it's like all about the left side of the infield. Like it's third base and shortstop is just loaded today. It's yeah. kind of like, is, is that your thought process as well? Uh, yeah, I was looking at
2: shortstop and I, I was noticing that, that it's just the, the one note I wrote down was loaded. I mean, you know, but we'll we'll get there. Um, but yeah, it's. I mean, first base, I'm probably going to go again, similar to catcher. I'm going to go with my stack. I, I really like Mitch Moreland. Uh, he's got the platoon advantage against Lambert, who hasn't really been able to get uh, to uh, get left-handed hitters out. Uh, if I'm, you know, I like Cody Bellinger as well. Um, but if I'm going to go on, on a one-off, maybe Freddie Freeman.
1: How much are you willing to take stands? Like you're talking, it sounds like you're on Boston. A lot of people are on Boston. Like you're not going to be, it's not a secret. They're not sneaky. Like the Marlins are, according to some people. Like, like are you willing to just say, screw it. I'm going to make like 70% Boston stacks or like, how, how far are you willing to go? Is it like dependent upon the slate, depending on your feel that day or uh, a general yeah. philosophy?
2: It depends. Yeah, you know, it depends on feel. Uh, I'm probably not, if I'm max entering, I'm not going to go 70% on, on any stack. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I will probably be overweight on Boston tonight compared to how I would, how much I would be on my uh, favorite stack, just because that implied run total. So so much higher than the other teams on the slate.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I was on Freeman last night, like all the other Braves. He failed me, uh, but I'm back. I'm going back. I don't care. Uh, against Wagon's back, I'm all over Freeman. For what it's worth, Wagon's back in a small sample has been reverse blitzy, but like, whatever. I don't care. It's Freeman. And you know, if anything, that just makes me want to play Acuna more. Uh, and Donaldson's he's Donaldson's going to get that revenge homer. it's happening for sure. Yeah, I
2: didn't back in Toronto.
1: <laughs> he was so close last night. He really hit one, uh, right in the warning track. Dead center was a nice hit, but, uh, I think it was a barrel, which is, I don't know if you follow that Twitter account with the barrels and then it says like barrel alert and then like fly out. Are you aware of this or no?
2: No, you know, the whole barrel thing, I, it's not something I really understand. I'll, I'll be totally honest. I don't understand how they define it. Um.
1: It's hitting the, at the the baseball at the optimal angle, launch angle and the optimal speed. A combination okay. of that.
2: So basically. it doesn't have to do with where where they hit it on the bat.
1: I don't know, but I mean, like, presumably it's on the, bar- yeah, presumably it's right. like on the barrel, but it's hitting it square. Like that's like what would create that reaction, I think, I presume. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know who coined that term and it's, you know, uh, but yeah, that, that's, it's basically hitting the ball perfectly. Uh, right. From a launch angle and from an exit velocity perspective and, you know, the ex, uh, the expected, you know, batting average and all that is extremely heightened. But like when that actually happens and your guy gets out, it's like, Oh man. It's, and like, again, process versus results. I knew he was going to barrel, but, uh, there has to be a player there, unfortunately. Uh, if you're not playing your Boston stacks first base, who else is interesting you mentioned Toronto, uh, is smoke monster somebody that uh, you're worth uh, considering playing?
2: Not really. No. Uh, <laughs> No, I'm not, not really that interested in in Smoke. I mean, I, he seems like he's been scuffling this season. Um, I, I actually, I like the idea of spending up at, at first base a little bit. Uh, and I, in, if there's one team I like that's maybe a little bit farther down on the implied run totals than Boston, it's it's the Dodgers tonight. Uh, and so they've got, uh, you know, on the sites that are defining first baseman, uh, you know, they've got two, uh, Bellinger and Muncie, on, at least on DraftKings, that I'm interested in.
1: And Bellinger's like a little bit cheaper than it normally is. I mean, it's not a great ballpark, obviously. It's better for righty power than it is for lefty power, but you know, Bellinger's still like really solid. And we don't really know what we're going to get, and it's going to be a mixed bag out of that pen, as far as we can tell. Uh, it's probably going to be multiple arms. Who do they have as the project? The projected long man is not somebody that has been going deep either. So is a Pradomo.
0: Yeah,
2: so it's it's not someone that I'm I'm really familiar with. And you know, I was watching this game last night. I had a sweat going on, and they put in Ty France to pitch uh
1: he's a hitter pitch. right
2: was it ty france the hitter the hitter yeah so they put the position player in to to pitch gave up a home run to aj pollock uh knocked me down from second to third in the big DraftKings uh <laughs> big draft kings tournament says so about twenty thousand dollars but i i made a note i don't like the padres pitching so
1: <laughs> by the way uh on the other side of that game i don't know if it was like a retort or whatever but uh, Russell Martin closed out the game and it was the first time in like forever that a non-pitcher pitched in it on the winning side of a shutout which is something you never see yeah and I I feel like he's actually pitched before
2: like it did I don't think that was his first appearance and he I think he's got competent. a zero ERA
1: he looks competent up there like I think he was cranking he's a catcher so he's got a catcher's arm right yeah uh, a little long in the tooth but I think he was cranking up like 88 or so and that's always been like you know the unwritten rules of baseball it always drives me nuts like when you know, if you're down seventeen to three, you can save your bullpen, and you know, all of a sudden, roll out the catcher, roll out a shortstop, and have a good time, and whatever. You're getting beat. If you lose one nothing, if you lose twenty seven to zero, what's the difference? An L and L is an L. I always think the the winning team should be able to take advantage of that too. But I think it's like an unwritten rule; where you can't do it. It's like almost like rubbing it in their face. But I want to say fight pen too.
2: Yeah, we saw it last night. Um, and actually, I, if, if we're looking for a bargain catcher, I don't mind Russell Martin in the in the Dodgers lineup.
1: <laughs> Russell Martin, oh boy.
2: He might be uh, going in there to close out the game probably No,
1: Interesting that Jock's in seventh uh, against the righty uh, starting the game. And again, I think there's a little bit of a heightened risk of him getting the hook because we're going to see multiple arms. Uh, you know, just kind of be cautious that that, I, I suppose. Because there's probably going to be some lefties lurking to kind of come out of that pen. I meant to tick the tip pen as far as San Diego see how many active lefties they have if you not have it in front of me maybe we'll pull it on up as the show progresses uh got see- uh,
2: Garcia Naylor and, and Hosmer
1: no, no as far as the bullpen I'm talking oh, about.
2: oh in terms of the bullpen okay yeah I'm not sure
1: yeah I'll pull it up in a second because I'm kind of curious as well uh second base you got Jose LTV versus a lefty which by the way the Astros collectively are a little bit discounted against Yarbrough Yarbrough is a fine pitcher the ballpark's not particularly great but you know, we saw what they did last time uh, last night to Morton. Absolutely, you know, punched his face in. Uh, we know the potential of this Houston lineup, especially the front half of it. Uh, we know how, how Altuve smashes lefties as well. What are we doing here at second? Because I like Albie's a good bit. You talk, you know, Biggio, I like him versus faulty to some degree just because he's priced down. And I believe in the talent. But again, not a prime position. It's the left side of the infield for me, not the right side.
2: Yeah, again, you know, so I, I'm kind of sticking to my stack here. I like Brock Holt uh, just because he's – He's affordable. He's got the platoon advantage. Uh, and he, you know, He's got the second base eligibility. Um, Jonathan Villar as a, as a one-off, I know he's going to probably have you know, extremely small ownership uh, facing Scherzer, but we don't know how long Scherzer is going to pitch. And that nationals bullpen has been getting hammered all, all season. I think Villar's homered in uh, five of his last eight games, something like that. So it's something to keep in mind. He's, going to be a little bit less expensive than the high price second baseman.
1: We saw that bullpen get exposed in the, the live final for DK. Doolittle, was he, were you on the positive side of that or the negative side of that?
2: I was on the negative side of that. Um, and I'm a Nationals fan. That's my, my home team. So. But it did not surprise me to see the, uh, the bullpen Nationals bullpen playing a large role uh, in a lot of runs being scored. So I think, think uh, Doolittle gave up something like four home runs and a double in ten pitches. It's terrible.
1: Sorry to bring up those memories. I apologize. All right. <laughs> uh, so I just pulled up uh, what we have as far as San Diego's uh, roster here in the pen. Uh, Robbie Erland uh, is, uh, you know, one of their lefties, and Matt Strom is one of their lefties. Looks like we only have two lefties, and Erland pitched uh, yesterday. And he threw 33 pitches. So we might only have one lefty really available. That's interesting. So maybe less, less caution as far as Peterson for what it's worth uh anything else of note you want to point out as far as second I I guess we feel we should probably jump over to the left side of the infield I presume uh let's start with third base hot corner it is so good um it's hard to whittle things down and I presume I mean I'm catching a theme here if you're paying attention here at home uh you like you like Devers a bit yes
2: yes I mean that might be my top play of the night just because yeah he's he's been hammering right-handed pitchers this season uh as wrote, he's got something like the fifth fifth highest slugging percentage in the league against right handed pitching and tonight he's playing against a bad right-handed pitcher and he's playing in Coors field and he's playing as the visiting team hitting second in the lineup probably going to get you know that extra at-bat so he's probably my play of the night
1: kirk d's in the chat he definitely took full advantage of that washington bullpen and he said uh, he actually ordered a Doolittle jersey as an homage. I saw
2: him. Yeah, he mentioned that. Um, and I would too if I was him. Yeah, he's got the money to afford the, the Doolittle jersey now, custom made if he wants.
1: I'm being told I'm a terrible host for bringing up those memories. I apologize. That was not my intent. Uh, so many good pivots off of Devers, of course, like we keep talking about. Uh, you know, you're watching the Nationals. We know the, the power potential for Rendon. Uh, Arenado against the lefty. I know Erod's pretty positive. But Arenado at home versus lefty, he's actually smashes. Uh, so, no, n- not that he necessarily needs, a, you know, the weather whether to give a power boost, but, you know, he's facing Detweiler. Uh, you know, Amigui Sano is certainly interesting for tournaments. You know, he's, he's pricey, basically the same price as Devers and Rendon and Arenado in the conversation. And we talked about those Astros are kind of somewhat discounted. Bregman is cheaper and he's really, really good. Uh, of course, you can play him at shortstop, too. Obviously, you know, fantasy draft, who really cares? You can play three or four of these guys if you want a fantasy draft, have a good time and just load up on the left side of the field. Uh, give me your favorite pivot away from Devers. If you don't have Devers in your stack, is it Sano? Is it Rendon? Is it Arenado? Is it Bregman? Is it somebody off the board?
2: So I'll just say before we get to that, I'm getting uh, getting some some text here to ask you about what industry you wanted to invest in last
1: <laughs> night. Oh, uh, that's that's good. That's gotta be your plus one, right? That's your plus one. Yeah. There?
2: Yep. That was Grant.
1: <laughs> what a jerk. <laughs> That was a private conversation, Grant.
2: You don't have to. You don't have to go into it. I can just go into my pivots if you want.
1: Vandaling Industries. Uh, that's what. It, that's what it was. But uh... <laughs> all
2: right, absolutely. All right. So pivots off of Devers. Like I, mean, I yeah, I love Arenado. I think he's the guy, the first guy you mentioned. Uh, just because he's savings from Devers, and that I mean, he just destroys left handed pitchers at home. So uh, I think the best hitter in the world, you know, in baseball of all time, might be Nolan Arenado at home against the left handed <laughs> pitcher, uh, and with Boston, you know, projected to win that game, I, you know, Colorado's got a little bit of a lower implied run total. Uh, you know, Arenado probably will not see the ownership that Devers does, even though you know, he's still in, in an incredible spot. So uh, he'd be my first pivot off of Devers. Miguel Sano again, you know, Detweiler just cannot handle right-handed hitters uh, throughout his entire career, and I feel like Sano's a guy that's got uh, pretty strong splits. So uh, gotta like him facing a left-hander. And then, yeah, Bregman I looked at as well. He's part of that loaded shortstop position.
1: Yes, that's a good segue. Uh, shortstop, I presume. Once again, you're going to stay with the theme, and like Bogart is your favorite guy because he's a part. He's a part of that Boston stack, uh, and I mean, he's perfectly fine just as a regular play. He's a, a solid cash game play if you can get there. But you know, the pivots are awesome. You got Turner leading off versus a uh, Story at home versus lefty is a thing too, and also he's a jack in the bag potential. Uh, yeah. he swiped plenty of bags the bags this season. Uh, Zimmerman is a disaster, you know, pitching versus Lindor. Lindor on the road, locked in with those nine innings, probably gets those five APs. Simeon feels a bit expensive, but he's going to be super low-owned, I think, uh, based upon all the other uh, competition he's fighting with. The aforementioned Bregman, also available at shortstop, like you said. You mentioned VR. Like, nobody's going to play VR because the opportunity cost is so high, and VR is not even cheap. But he's another guy, you know, cheap. And, uh, you know, he can bang one out. He can swipe one as well. So, like, who He's been Yeah. Who who do you have? Like, it's really hard to decide. I'm just kind of shuffling through them, basically.
2: Yeah, I mean, so one guy you didn't mention, uh, Jorge Polanco, uh, is going to be, you know, hitting from the right side of the plate against Detweiler. Um, But, you know, it's, all these guys are expensive. But, I mean, it it is an absolutely loaded position. So, uh, you know, I think they're going to be worth it, or at least a couple of them are.
1: So is there, like, a cheap shortstop you like, or is opportunity cost too strong where it's like, you know what, I'm not going to punt this position? I'm
2: probably not – I'm probably not going to punt the position just because there's so many good hitters, good power hitters. Um, you know, I'm showing Willie Castro on the Tigers. Uh, it's probably the cheapest, you know, reasonable uh, kind of punt option. Um, but, you know, I'm just looking at his minor league stats, and it's, it's hard to translate. Uh, and then he's – yeah, the I mean, the Tigers are not projected to, to score a lot of runs tonight.
1: If you want to just bet on the talent, like Javi Baez is discounted pretty heavily. Um, you know, I don't it, the, nothing about the matchup against Thor says like this is a good spot to exploit outside of the fact, you know, he's talented and he'll be low owned and he certainly can hit two homers. and That pen's not particularly great either. So, you know, I don't hate it for tournaments. Uh, if you like everything else around it, like a bias is kind of sort of not a punt, but like a mid tier play. I'm OK with it. But otherwise, let's move on. Let's jump to the outfield where, you know, once again, it is loaded in the outfield. Uh, you talk about the best player being left handed at home. Trout needs no qualifiers he's just the best player of all time well I guess that's a conversation the best player today then you got Mookie and Coors you got JD and Coors once again Boomstick Cruz against Detweiler uh, Soto versus Wojbom it's so good what are we doing here
2: yeah so I mean all those guys that you mentioned are, are on my board you know uh you know probably one through five I, I like Juan Soto um he's getting a little bit of platoon advantage although he hits right handers very well as well um, I like Trouts as a as a one off. I mean that the the uh, Rangers are probably not gonna be throwing some good pitchers out there. I think they're okay. going with an opener. Um, but then uh I think we got Ariel Girado or something. Um so yeah, I think Trout's Trout's got as good a chance to hit a home run tonight as anyone else. Um and then we've actually this is a position where we, we do have some savings as well. Daza uh going for the Rockies, I think 2,700 on on DraftKings um so yeah i think uh i think the outfield is actually a place where i could look to get some savings tonight um but it's also a place you know depending on the stacks you know if you're doing a red sox stack you're going to want to have jd martinez mookie Betts.
1: you can go even lower than daza by the way uh seth brown is 2k on dk 3-9 on fantasy draft uh he's not 19 anymore he's 27 years old but he had, he's i think at 37 homers in the minors this year i want to say a so 37 or 27 Maybe I'm remembering incorrectly. Nonetheless, he's shown a lot of power. Uh, yeah. And he's super, super cheap. Uh, and he makes things work. I presume he'll be somewhat heavily owned just because within the world of salary cap and, you know, he, he can kind of help you get the things you want to get in. Uh, just go ahead and check 37 homers this year. It's the minor leagues and he's facing probably some 19, 20 year olds, 21 year olds in AAA. Is still, P- Pacific coast league or. Uh, I don't know. It just says AAA. I'm not sure if it's the PCL or not. I couldn't tell you where uh, where Oakland plays their AAA, but yeah, I mean, that's obviously a heavily leaning as far as a, a power there, but it probably is the PCL, but I don't know. Um, you have any other cheap uh, outfielders that are kind of sort of in the middle of that because I got Puig. I'm okay with Puig there uh, in kind of the mid-tier. Um, yeah, it's always
2: a threat to hit a home run. Uh, Ian Desmond around the same price, uh, you know, he's got the platoon advantage tonight, so
1: uh let's see anybody else they're asking in chat where where in the world are you going to get this money for this boston stack you kind of sort of talked about it I mean, tell people yeah, I mean, it, you don't, you don't as get as extra well, money I, like, do you?
2: yeah i'm expecting to probably fade cole a little bit more in the field potentially just because i like you know i like the more expensive hitters
1: all right let's do a screen share we're gonna get we're gonna get some of your favorite stacks in a second not just boston i want somebody off the board too i want three guys that are going to bang out some homers uh we're gonna take some questions from the chat start loading those questions up Let's fire up the screen share, see what's going on. If you want to play at home as well, it's the lineup HQ I'm looking at. I want to see if there's anything interesting as far as ownership, anything that's sort of jumping out. And again, it's always changing as far as ownership projection. Let's see if it's changed at all as far as the pitchers, because I think we both think that uh, Syndergaard, not Syndergaard, Scherzer is not going to have 24% ownership. I don't project that. Maybe I'm wrong. You just agree. You think it's going to be lower as well, right? Absolutely.
2: I think probably 10% is the, the most I'd, I'd expect to see.
1: Yeah, that's sort of where I'm at too. And again, this does this will correct itself or get more and more refined as uh, we move up the lock, which is like over what an hour and fifteen minutes away or so, give or take. Uh, K prop on Cole is eight and a half. K prop on Syndergaard seven and a half. Take a stand on one of these. Who's going to be over? Who's going to be under? Uh, let's make a bold call. Who's who's, who's going to smash that K prop or go under it?
2: Ooh, uh Any pitcher? Any pitcher. Uh, I'll go with Syndergaard over seven and a half.
1: All right. I'm going to go with Disco over five and a half at minus 118. I'm going to stay on brand and pick on those Marlins. Uh, let me see if we what we have as far as hitters, as far as our highest projected hitters uh, when it comes to ownership. Hey, look at that. Uh, this, is, this is what DFS is all about. Seth Brown is <laughs> somebody we never heard of, at least I haven't, uh, until like two days ago or whatever it is. He's now the cheapest, uh, the most expensive, uh, most heavily owned player projection-wise with uh, Martinez and Puig and Bogarts. Oh, Cervelli, a catcher, who I thought he said he was going to stop catching because he got concussed too many times, but I, I guess he's catching, right?
2: Yeah, he's got to be. I don't yeah. think he plays any other position.
1: Yeah, and it certainly he's not good enough to be a DH, but I thought for certain, like, either his agent said it or he said, like, he uh, took too many concussions and he's no longer going to catch anymore. Um, all right, well, I guess he realized that was his only way to stick around, I suppose, or maybe he missed the game, whatever it is. Hopefully he doesn't get concussed anymore. Uh, Let's start loading up questions in the chat there, Devin. If you're pulling them up from YouTube, throw me a like and subscribe on YouTube as well. If you guys have questions, Devin will pull them and throw them in here. We'll knock out as many as possible before we step aside for crunch time in about six minutes or so. Before we do that, I need three stacks and three guys that are going to homer.
2: Okay, three stacks. Like I said, I like Boston. Uh, I like those Dodgers. I'm hoping to see another position player come in, uh, pitch the eighth and ninth for, uh, for the Padres. Uh, going a little bit lower, maybe Oakland. Um, you know, if you're you're looking to stack with Seth, Seth Brown, Marcus Simeon had a, a tremendous game the other night. Uh, so uh, yeah, kind of. Let, I think Oakland could be a little bit off the radar. But
1: hey, uh, so my, Mike Trout's not in the lineup today. Oh, don't play him.
0: <laughs> wow. <laughs> ever okay, had one of those? So. By
1: the way, were you accidentally played a guy and he, the old pinch it dong? You ever get one of those?
2: No, I've, it's never happened for me. But yeah, it's probably happened against me. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's significant. That's probably one of my homers that, uh, well, you yeah, know, one of my dongs is gone now.
1: Oh, that lineup, is, it looks so bad without Trout. Goodwin, Fletcher, Otani, Upton, Calhoun, Pujols, Simmons, Feiss, and Kevon Smith. Um, yeah, it's still projected for five and a half runs. That may dip a little bit, but uh, it just looks so much worse without him. It's tough because
2: I don't know how you take advantage of that with the Rangers <laughs> pitching staff.
1: Exactly. I was thinking the same thing, and I'm like, I mean, maybe Gerardo is super cheap, can, like, survive and get you, like, you know, he could kind of weasel his way to, like, 12 or 13 points, which could be, you know, just enough to open up another bat or two. I guess that's interesting.
2: Yeah, he's. I think he's gone negative two out of his last three appearances, by the way. <laughs> yeah, And the, the other appearance was 3.4 so on, on DraftKings.
1: Oh, I can't advocate. I'm not planting the flag, but I, I did not mean it for that to come off that way where I'm uh, in any way endorsing it. But, uh, all right, let's jump over to the chat. The chat wants to know what happened to Pepsi. Uh, did he freeze? Um, we think so. We hopefully, hopefully that's all that went down. Um, let's talk about Minnesota. They want to talk about stacking Minnesota. Are you okay with, uh, Cruz, Crone, Garver and the mouthwash, Jonathan scope.
2: Yeah. So I mean, Cruz, uh, you know, and Garver in particular, um, you know, I mean, those are the two most expensive. Yeah. I, I like Minnesota as a stack tonight. Um, yeah you know, there's a lot of power potential in that lineup you know and there's a lot of right-handed hitters i mean i, I particularly like cruz uh garver and snow but I mean, obviously those are the most expensive so yeah if you go with scope uh uh where was the other um the other twin mentioned
1: but uh yeah, crone I mean, scope and uh garver that was the four them they liked yeah any anyone from the right hand side of the plate. So, uh, yeah, this is the question. They're basically asking about uh, if it's out of order, it's like not one, two, three, four, or like, you know, five, six, seven, eight. Are you, are you okay with having four? It's not I mean, the perfect correlation, but are you okay with having four guys in the team in a random order?
2: Yeah, absolutely. It does not have to be consecutive. I mean, especially, you know, you're, you're picking four guys, you know, yeah, you're going to have two guys get on base, somebody else makes an out, and then the, the fourth guy hits a home run. So it, it absolutely does not have to be consecutive.
1: They want to know if I've touted uh, Discafani every single slate. No, I don't mention a ton, but, like, I'm sorry. He's facing a bunch of righties that are terrible at baseball. They strike out a good amount. It's a cavernous ballpark. Uh, I think he's got an extreme – does he have extreme pitchers umpire too? Is that him? Well, that's, that's Syndergaard. Um, yeah, and he's also, like, really fairly priced, and it's also a slate where I want to pay up for bats. Like, why should you not like him tonight I, outside of the ownership?
2: Yeah, it's, it's a Marlins thing. I mean, they're just not going to score runs.
1: Yeah. You said it much more succinctly than I did. It <laughs> just, just Marlins lock them in, Play, get yourself some, uh, some disco. Uh, all right. Scrolling down, knocking on a few more questions. Uh, yeah. Am I getting a bonus? Uh, yeah, I, I guess I've said disco one too many times. So we'll start saying disco funny because it's
2: easy to mispronounce his name. So I like the nickname.
1: Well, when he played for the Marlins those years ago, that was his nickname by the team. That, that That's why I, and it's something I remember in my head. So that's why I call him that. So there you go. Um, Give me, give me the player or a team that you're like afraid of being underweight on tonight because I mean, just because you can't roster everybody, obviously you can't be overweight on Boston, not be underweight in somebody else. So who's a who's a player? Uh, what's the team where you're a little bit concerned about?
2: Probably Minnesota. I mean, I think Minnesota has just got that power potential because I mean, I'm probably going to be on Boston. Um, and that's good. You know, it's going to uh, take me off Minnesota to some extent, and I, I just think uh, you know Detwiler is a guy that can they can just lose it um, and you know. The, i mean, nelly cruz you yeah, know it's gonna be one of my picks for a dong so
1: what do you do with those minnesota lefties that aren't like necessarily great against lefties but they're still good hitters and we don't know how long that is going to stick around um like if yeah to,
2: yeah so that's a good tournament a good tournament theory right Of if your guys keep hitting home runs eventually that left-handed pitcher is coming out coming out of the game uh and then suddenly there's no longer a, you know a platoon disadvantage like if you're if you're looking at like Eddie Rosario or something, I mean, especially for tournaments, he's probably going to go, you know, minusculely owned. Um, but he's got as much power or potential once they get into the bullpen.
1: Yeah, that's a question. In chat. Kepler or Rosario, and this is one of those that's kind of weird. Where I, I think I prefer Kepler the Rosario, despite the fact he's you know behind him in the lineup, just because Detweiler probably doesn't see Kepler three times. He may see Rosario three times. That so that could be the point where he comes out of the game against the no. Could be,
2: yeah, the 4-6 and position. I think uh, Rosario is coming off a little bit of an injury as well, Uh, so that's another reason to kind of like Kepler.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. I think he's dealing with a bit of a knee. Uh, For tournaments, can I fade cores and stack Cleveland? Yeah, we we didn't mention Santana, but for sure you can play Santana. That Cleveland lineup doesn't look nearly as good without Jose Ramirez for me. But, you know, Puig, you know, Reyes has plenty of pop, obviously. Uh, What's your thoughts as far as Cleveland overall? So
2: Cleveland's up there in terms of a a non Core stack Uh, and I, you know, hey, fading cores is always a possibility, just that you've got the Peter Lambert effect as well tonight. And, you know, and the Red Sox are a good offense. You know, this is not the Marlins traveling to cores. So, yeah, you can always fade cores. It's just not something I'm going to
1: do tonight. Gotta step aside, John. Good, uh, good first show. I'm sure the people out there appreciate it. Uh, Give me a finish strong. Give me uh, something you want to reiterate, maybe something we haven't uh, brought up just yet as far as this show. Uh, you know, give me a point that uh, you want to make sure to to, to bring a uh, carry home to the people and let them know uh, as far as your thought on the slate. Yeah, know, yeah, just
2: I, I think it's a great night to stack some of the some of the more potent offenses on the slate. I, I think it's uh, you know we got a lot of games on the slate. Um, I think thirteen thirteen games, like you know twenty six teams and no, sorry, eleven games uh, on the slate. So uh, twenty two teams in play. Someone's gonna go off. So it's a it's a good night for stacking.
1: He's Squirrel Patrol, a.k.a. John. Uh, I'm Dean. I don't know where Pepsi is. Stay tuned for Crunch Time. We're out of here. Enjoy your baseball. Holler. Later.